0: first couple of weeks, we talked about fasting. And I think it's really easy to focus on the thing you know, that we don't do as often. You kind of you hone in on, on the thing that you're maybe not as familiar with. But like Brandon said last week, fasting without prayer is simply dieting. And that's not what we're going after as a church. We're not going after a diet. And the reason we're fasting is to create space for more of God in our lives. That's why we're doing this, creating space for more of God in our lives. And prayer, like prayer is one of the main ways that we connect with and engage with God. Now, if we're all being honest, which it's church, so everyone's honest at church, I'm sure that you would say, hey, prayer is hard. Prayer is hard. As a pastor, am I allowed to say that, that prayer is hard? But it's the, it's the reason I want to talk about it today. It's the reason why I want us to actually engage in it today. And my hope is I'm going to spend a shorter amount of time actually talking and allow more time for us to engage in conversation with God. That's actually going to be the hope this entire month, is that we create more space in our worship gatherings for prayer because we believe it is the most important thing, the most vital thing for us to be doing. Let let me know if this sounds familiar. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You begin to pray. All right, imagine yourself praying. And it lasts for about, I don't know, 15 seconds. And then out of nowhere, it's like, boom, today's to-do list comes into your mind. And then you're off on this tangent of thought. And then you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be praying right now. So you catch yourself and you kind of bring yourself back to prayer. But then before you know it, boom, it's happened again. And then you're in this mental state where you're kind of wandering and then you're worrying and you're thinking about your to-do list. And you're like, no, I need to be praying right now. And then you're like, oh, I'm no good at praying. And then the guilt sets in. And you think to yourself, I should be able to pray longer than this. It's been like two minutes. I, I should be better at prayer. I've been a follower of Jesus for however many years. And then you're just like, oh, let's just move on. There's, I got to send this email. I need to go do the dishes. Ah, it's a lot easier to scroll through Instagram. Whatever it is, it's like, we know that more often than not, if you're anything like me, that's what prayer can feel like. Now, this isn't just by happenstance. Like, prayer's not hard just by happenstance. There's a lot of reasons that prayer is hard. Now, I really wish we could just like talk about all of them. I can't talk about all of them. But I think the biggest and the most prominent one is because of the very culture that we're swimming in. Everything else in our lives is not conducive to prayer. Like, everything else that we do is I would say even opposite of what what prayer can feel like. Paul Miller, uh, the author of A Praying Life, can't recommend that book enough. He says this in his book. He says, American culture, and I quote, is probably the hardest place in the world to learn to pray. So move somewhere else. No, that's not what it says. (laughs) We're so busy that when we slow down to pray, we find it uncomfortable. We prize accomplishments, production, but prayer is nothing but talking to God. It feels useless, as if we're wasting time. Every bone in our body screams, get to work, do something. When we aren't working, we're used to being entertained. Television, the internet, video games, smartphones make free time feel as busy as work. When we do slow down, what ends up happening is we slip into a stupor. Exhausted by the pace of life, we veg out in front of a screen or our headphones. If we try to be quiet, we're assaulted by what C.S. Lewis called the kingdom of noise. Everywhere we hear a background noise, and if the noise isn't provided for us, we can bring it on our own via our phones. Even our church services can have the same restless energy. There's little space to be still before God. We want our money's worth. So something should always be happening. We are uncomfortable with silence. We are uncomfortable with silence. How many of you resonated with that reality this week? I sure did like i sure did i'm like man this is hard but here's the thing here's the thing we can either let this continue to be a reality like this is just this is just the reality so i'm just going to kind of keep keep going as is or or we can learn we can learn to engage in the gift that prayer is cuz i believe it's a gift We can can push through this reality. Learn to engage the gift that prayer is. Press through and remain steadfast. This is the hard part. Remain steadfast through all the noise and all the distractions until we learn to be comfortable in the stillness. Until we learn to be comfortable in the silence. Because I, I believe this, there is something on the table for us. Like, there is something on the table for us. Have you ever had one of those moments when you see something in someone else? Maybe it's, man, you see someone who just has that peace. You're like, man, you just carry a peace. Even in the midst of chaos, like, you have peace. Or you see someone who has the ability to do something, you're like, ah, I wish I could do that, or or they have something in them that you're like, I want that for myself. Uh, One of my good friends is is Logan Hartline. His wife, Jill, is sitting here, and Logan Hartline is one of the best question askers that I've ever been around. I just notice this when I'm around him and other people, and Jill can attest to this. Like Logan just asks really good questions. Like, and I started noticing in this, and I was like, I wanna be a good question asker. And so I started just paying attention to like the questions that Logan asked and the way that he engaged with people in conversation. And the more that I watched and, and the more that I learned, like the better question asker I became. Like a little bit of Logan rubbed off on me. And there's this moment for the disciples, where they see something in Jesus and his prayer life, and they're like, Okay, Jesus, like, you have something in prayer that, that, that I don't have. Will you teach us? And I don't know about you, like, I wanna learn how to pray. I realize, like, I'm not great at it, but I wanna know how to pray effectively. I want to know how to pray with meaning. I want to know how to pray with purpose. Like, I want to know how to connect with God in prayer. And this is the same thing that the original disciples wanted. They they saw Jesus. They saw how he would pray. They saw how often he would get away to pray. They saw, like, how vital it was to his life and to his ministry. And so in Luke 11, they literally asked this question. Jesus had just gotten back from praying and the disciples are like, Lord, like we're distracted. They didn't actually say this, I'm paraphrasing, but I would imagine they're like, I'm distracted. We don't last long in prayer. Like teach us to pray. Now there's actually two two places in scripture where Jesus teaches this prayer. It's probably, I would argue, the most famous lines of scripture. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's probably the most repeated line of scripture over and over and over again. And there's two accounts of this prayer. One in Luke, like I just mentioned, and one in Matthew. And I wanna look at this prayer. I wanna look at the way that Jesus teaches his disciples real quickly to learn to pray, and then I want us to pray right now this morning. As Jesus teaches us to pray. And so this is what it says. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Now, listen with fresh ears. Even if you've n- never been in church before, you've heard this. Like you've heard this said. And so I want us to come with fresh ears this morning. Imagine, like, close your eyes with me for a moment. Jesus' disciples, they, they've said, okay, Jesus. Teach us to pray. They don't say, teach us to preach. They say, teach us to evangelize. No, this is the only thing the disciples ask Jesus to teach them specifically. It's to pray. And this is his response. I'm gonna read it slowly. He says, hey, this, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. They say, hey, teach us to pray and this is what Jesus gives them. He, Jesus knew how to connect with the Father in prayer. He knew how important prayer was to his life and his ministry. And so these words right here are really, really, really important to us. As people who wanna know how to pray, how to connect with God in prayer, how to push through to distractions, how to actually have a meaningful conversation with God. These words are really important. So what I wanna do, I can't go through them all, I wanna go through the first four lines together, kind of these first four main ideas and pull just some insight from them. So how does Jesus begin? How does he begin? Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Now, this is the very starting place. Hear me out. This is the very starting place of our prayer life. This is the very starting place of our connection with God, with creator God. And this is a pretty outstanding claim. We, we say this like our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But this is a pretty outstanding claim that Jesus is inviting us to make with him right here. To call Yahweh God, to call creator God, to call him Father? In the Aramaic, the language that Jesus would have been speaking in originally, this would have been more like dad. To call Yahweh God dad? This is more than just words here. He's not, hear me out, Jesus is not giving us a formula. We can't turn this into a formula. What Jesus is doing here is he's giving us the heart to pray with. He's giving us the posture to pray with. The the heart of a child speaking to their dad. Now, think about this for a moment. When you talk to an earthly dad, and real quick, ideally, I know we all had different experiences with with our dad, so I can't, can't nuance all of that. But when you think about an earthly dad, there's not any pretense there. There's not any prerequisites to to being in his presence. He he has been and will be your dad since the day you were born. He's just your dad. He knows you. He he loves you. It's a good thing to just be in his presence. He wants to hear from you. Now, if this is true of earthly fathers who are imperfect who are sinful, who are broken. I wish I could say this was true about me with my kids. Like I, I, I wanna hear from them all the time. I love them, but like I'm so imperfect as a dad. I'm so imperfect as a father. And yet, and yet think about our heavenly father. A perfect dad, a perfect father without flaw. If, if you had a horrible relationship with your dad, Praise God that he allows us to have access to him as a father. That he can redeem even the worst of relationships. In Romans 8:15 it actually says that it says we have received the spirit of adoption as sons or daughters. We've received a spirit of adoption as sons or daughters by whom we cry abba father like this this is the heart that Jesus invites us to pray with this is the not just the heart this is the reality this is the reality creator god yahweh god is your father he knows you he loves you he sees you and he he loves to hear from you jesus he starts here because he knows how crucial this is to to our posture of prayer. Earlier, uh, we didn't read it, but earlier he said, hey, don't pray like hypocrites who who stand in the street corners. They stand in the street corners so that everyone else can hear them. And I was thinking about that this week and I was like, sometimes we pray prayers as though we're not actually talking to a real person. Guilty. (laughs) Like, I'll stand in the street corner and I'm praying the prayer and it's like, am I even talking to a real person right now? And Jesus is inviting us to pray as though we're talking to a real person, not just any person, our dad, our heavenly father. Like, that's who we get to speak to. Honestly, if you get nothing out of this morning, but you walk out of here this week in prayer and you pray to God, as though he's a real person. And not just any person, like he's your dad and wants to hear from you, like starting line. If we all do that this week, it's a win. It's a win, even if it only lasts 15 seconds. If we talk to God, if we come to God as though he's a real person, bringing our real selves to our real heavenly father, But Jesus, he goes on, he's like, oh, our father. And he knew him as father. So he meant this prayer. He says, hallowed be your name. So our father in heaven isn't just any dad. Like he is set apart. He is the best. He is holy. He is unique. He is pure. There there is no one like our heavenly father. There is no one like him. He he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our affection. He is worthy of our devotion. Even when it's hard, even when we don't feel like it, we we must proclaim, hallowed be your name. For he is worthy, as it says in Revelations 4, to receive glory and honor and power. I think Jesus, and and I hope us, We want the world to know just how refreshingly different our God is. How how nothing on earth is like him. How no one understands like him, how no one forgives like him, no one frees like him. In 1 Samuel, it says this, it says, there is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. There's no rock like our God. There's something really powerful about getting your heart and your mind and your attention off of yourself and onto someone else. Because most of the time, our heart, our mind, our attention is on ourselves. And there's something when we get our, our attention and our mind and our heart like on something better, on something greater, on something wiser, on something more pure, on something more holy than ourselves. Something really good happens. That's why we worship. That's why we spend time in worship because it fixes our gaze off of us and onto him. It lifts our head, it lifts our heart, it lifts our spirit. Because if I look at myself all the time, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna get depressed, I'm gonna get down, I'm gonna get discouraged because I know what I'm like. I know what I'm like, but when I put my heart and my intention and my affection on him, oh, it lifts my head. It lifts my heart. It lifts my ear to him. All while at the same time giving him glory and praise and honor that's due his name. Now Jesus goes on, okay, so our Father in heaven, he says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, now this is the hard one. This is the hard one. Jesus, he reminds us here, hey, to seek God's plan, not ours. To do his will, not ours. He, he, he wants us to pray, Lord, your plans, your way, your everything. Your way, your plans, your everything is best for me. Not, hey, this is what I want to do. God, this is how I see it. Jesus, he tells us to pray God's will over our own because the ultimate goal of prayer is not to convince God of our will, but to align our will with his. Not to convince God of our will, but to align our will with his. Praying God's will to be done in our situation. What what it does is it puts his agenda before our own. When we say, hey, ultimately God, your will. Your will be done. Your will be done. This, This right here, this prayer, that's the mark of a surrendered heart. And that's what we're after. Like as disciples of Jesus, we're after just a surrendered heart. And praying this prayer, I think over and over and over and over and over again, we may eventually get to the place where it's true. We can certainly pray for specific desires of our hearts. Don't get me wrong. He knows them anyway. He longs to hear from them. We're gonna to get to that in just a moment. But our main desire, but our main desire should be for God's will to prevail. Even if his will, And this is the hard part, even if his will is opposite of our desires. Even more specifically, Jesus instructs us to pray, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, now what's this mean? It means a lot of things and we don't have time to unpack them all. But here's the thing that was standing out to me this week. It means that we desire for his will to be done freely, without disobedience, without obstacle, without hindrance. I'll repeat that again. Like hearing for his will to be done freely is without disobedience, without obstacle, or without hindrance. That that is what heaven looks like. Jesus tells us to pray this way, not because God needs us to do his will. Here's the cool part. But because he chooses to use us in his kingdom. He chooses to use us to do the work of his kingdom. And to do his work, in order to do his work in the kingdom, we have to trust him. We have to obey him. We have to walk in his ways. And I promise you, this won't come naturally. This doesn't come naturally. But I believe that it happens in the place of prayer in this place where the exchanging of wills happens, where we say, oh, this is my desire, but hey, Lord, if it's not your desire, I don't want it to be, your will be done. But Jesus, he continues. He doesn't just end there. And this is where we're gonna end this morning, and then we're gonna actually spend time praying together. He says, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. So God can not only provide our every need, he actually wants us to depend on him for everything. Most people, like most people don't want a dependent relationship. Like you don't want someone just depending on you for your every need. God, he is different. He's just different. We already said that. Hallowed be your name. You're so different, God. He wants us to depend on him for our every need. So then we, when we come to him with our heart, when we come to him with our needs, it's not just a, hey, I'm gonna come to you once a month for my monthly needs. I'm gonna come to you once a year and you're gonna provide all my needs for this year. What's it say? Give us today our daily bread. Daily we're coming to him. Man, do I try and do it like weekly, monthly. My God, just go to Costco and like fill up my pantry for everything I need for the week. But it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Every day. Every day. You come to him and you say, hey, not not your will, Andrew. God's will. God, give me what I need. Give me what I need just for today. Because when I worry about tomorrow, it doesn't go good. God's not annoyed by this. Like when we come to him daily, when we come to him by the minute, he's not annoyed. He's not frustrated. He actually loves it. Like loves it. Praying without ceasing. like he loves it. He's not like me or you. Someone's talking to me all day. I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting frustrated. God is different. Remember, hallowed be your name. You're so different, God he loves it. He wants it. He desires it. Jesus, he knows all of this, and he invites us into this life, this prayer life that he's so vibrantly lived out. So this morning, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite us to pray right now. I'm just going to lead us through these, these four things, and I actually want us to pray. Like, done talking about prayer, I want us to pray. And so I'm going to invite you like right now to get comfortable, just to get comfortable. I know it's like kind of in church, got the posture, but like we're, we're going to pray and we're going to engage with God in prayer. We're going to talk to God as though he is a real person because like he's, he's in our midst. I'm going to ask Caleb just to kind of play some background music just to kind of eliminate distractions. And I want you to treat this space like right now as though it's your living room. Like, just imagine yourself, so if it's your living room, you can kick off your shoes if you wanna do that. I don't know, some of y'all might do some weird stuff in your living room, like, but there's a couple people there with you, you know? Like, you're in your living room, but a couple of friends are there, so don't don't get too comfortable. But you can get up, you can move around the room if you want. We're actually gonna spend probably five, 10 minutes here just praying, and so I really invite you, just make yourself comfortable. One of the things I love to do when I pray is just kind of make myself just present to the moment. And so I'll literally think about like my feet being on the floor. And I'll think about like my back being against the chair. So I just invite you just to bring yourself just present to this moment with God. The Living God is in our midst. Wow. The Living God is in our midst. Jesus, he begins with the line Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. I'm gonna invite you just to kind of pray into each of these lines for a few moments. So right now, I wanna invite you just to pray into this line, our Father in heaven. For some of you, you just right now in your journal, you may just wanna thank God for being your father, for, for being your dad, for being available like this. For others of you, You may want to ask God to help you see him like this. You may want to just ask God, like, will you help me see you as my father? Will you help me know you as my father? Just spend a few moments just dwelling, meditating on the fact that creator God, Yahweh God is our father. He's our dad. Spend a few moments just thinking about that right now. Jesus continues, he says, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. I want to invite you just to pray, pray this line. For some of you, you, you may just want to proclaim something you already know and believe that God is holy, that God is pure, that he's set apart, that he's unique. He's worthy of praise. You may just want to proclaim this right now. God, you're worthy. You're holy. You're awesome. For others of you, you're going to be asking God, like, will you help me see you as holy? Will you help me to hollow your name, to see you as you really are? Or maybe a combination of both. You can kind of say it out loud, quietly under your breath. You can pray quietly in your heart you can journal it out however you want to spend a few moments just hollowing his name right now if you get distracted that's okay just come back to god he goes on he says your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Let's take a few moments and just invite God's will into our lives. This is a time just to give him our agenda, to give him our plans, to to with open hands just say, not my will, God, but your will be done. So you may have something specific you wanna give to him. You may have someone specific you wanna give to him in prayer. If you get distracted, that's okay. Come back to God. Let's give Him everything. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread Jesus tells us to ask to seek to knock he says to keep keep knocking at that door what is it that you need where do you need God where do you need him to move what do you need him to do right now This is that place just to speak honestly before the Lord as a child is just speaking to their dad. Father, thank you for hearing us. Think about hundreds of people right now are talking to you and you hear it all. You hear it all. Not only do you hear it all, you you know the heart and the name and the person that 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 prayer is coming from. Oh, you're so different. You're so good. You're so loving. We need you, God, to to rise up just a faith in us, to, to believe in the power of prayer. We need you to give us a a spirit that that is willing to to swim against uh, the the stream of culture that that doesn't allow us to be still, that doesn't allow us to be present. And and we need you, God, to teach us. We need you, Jesus, to just teach us to pray. So Father, I just wanna pray for the, the journey of prayer and fasting over the next three weeks. That, that you would teach us to pray. That the longer we pray, that the more we're able to be in the stillness, the more we're able to be in the quietness of your presence. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Together as a whole church we say amen. Hey, I wanna invite us, to kind of close out this time uh, to take communion together. Um, so let's all, let's all stand Let's all stand and take communion. If you don't have communion supplies, it's in the in the back on the table. We'll wait a wait a moment for people to, to grab that. Brandon will come up here in just a moment and lead us lead us out I want us to to pray this together not as a rote exercise but to actually pray it together communally right now so I invite you to repeat after me our father in heaven heaven. hallowed be your name Your kingdom come. Your Your will be done. done. On earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us today our daily bread. bread. And forgive us our debts. debts. As we we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us, from the evil one. deliver us from the evil one. And the whole church said, Amen. Let's close by just once again fixing our gaze off of us and, and on to Him in worship. I love you all so much.